the king of Saudi Arabia does not travel light. In fact, he loves traveling and he loves traveling with a lot of luggage. You might be wondering why I'm talking about King Salman bin Abdul Aziz Al Zawud. Now, somebody, can you say that back? <laughs> Let me try that again. King Salman bin Abdul Aziz Al Saud arrived at Indonesia from Saudi Arabia and he was not traveling light. In fact, his luggage was 459 metric tons of luggage. 459 tons. Indigo allows you 15 kgs. <laughs> Saudi Arabia Airlines maximum allows, you know, 40 kgs. If you're traveling far. If, you, if it's just you know, to Middle East 20 to 30. But the king, Salman bin Abdulaziz al Saud, I love saying that whole name, he travels with 459 tons of luggage. You might be wondering what he's carrying, right? So basically, he goes with his own two Mercedes Benz limousine car. He takes it with him because there is no other car like his in the rest of the world. And he carries his own two freestanding electric elevators that are gold-plated. As you see, he's coming out of his uh, own flight, which is a huge Boeing flight, which goes, you know, it can take up to, I think, 400 to 500 passengers. And he just travels in there with few of his staff. And he's got his own gold-plated elevator and he takes two of it. In fact, the news was saying that before when he visited Indonesia, he visited France and they had to postpone his uh, travel or his arrival two days um, later. The reason being one of the hotel that he was visiting or, or he was staying did not have a gold-plated elevator. So they literally removed the elevator and they put a new gold-plated elevator and they left it as a gift for the hotel after he left. Let's invite him to church sometime, eh? <laughs> All gold-plated tiles. We need uh, something to come up first, <laughs> let alone elevator. Um, the funny part about this was the elevator stopped. It got stuck halfway and he had to walk down in his gold-plated elevator. You can check it out in YouTube. Then what else does he have? King Salman is traveling with no less than 1,500 people, including his 10 ministers. So every time he travels, he books hotels for 1,500 people from his team. That's just his political team. Check it out, okay? And then he takes 800 other delegates who are probably crucial for the official administration part. And the 25 princes on top. 
okay and they all came in 36 different flights over a period of three weeks before the king arrives and it does not stop there two days before the king arrives 572 members of his staff they then come into the Indonesia to handle his travel that includes a chef it includes the guy who cuts his hair clips his toenails like there was 572 that's apart from the other people that I said so roundabout you can you're looking at almost 2200 people to assist one king who is traveling from Saudi Arabia to Indonesia now you can only imagine that nobody would ever skip his arrival right like everybody in Indonesia would know that a king is coming I mean you can only imagine the airports right and they had all these special flights flying in all the time all the time and 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 you know random elevators transporting you know in the road and then all of a sudden there's like new Mercedes limousines going in the road the entire country knew that the king was coming but this morning I wanted to talk to you about a king who also arrived here on earth but he did not carry 459 metric tons of luggage he did not have a gold-plated elevator coming all the way from heaven. He did not send 2,500 of his angels to come and take charge over the entire town that he was coming. I want to talk to you about a king who stepped down from this actual kingdom to come to his people and he's not just any other king he is greater than King Salman bin Abdulaziz al-Zawud in fact King Salman bin Abdulaziz al-Zawud's throne is just a footstool for this king who arrived Whatever that this king carried to Indonesia is nothing in compared to the riches that this king of kings and lord of lords has ever had and ever will have. He owns everything. This morning I want to talk to you about the servant king. Nobody would ever put the name servant in front of king. We are doing this series, we are learning on this series, Who is Jesus? And let me introduce to you one dimension, the first dimension of who Jesus is. Jesus was none other than the servant king. The servant king. I don't know what comes to your mind, the first thing in your head when you think about Christmas. Whenever we think about Christmas, the first thing that comes to my mind is the, is the rich plum cakes especially that we get from Kerala like you can't just beat that rich cakes I love it 
What other things comes to your mind when you think of Christmas? Don't tell me Jesus. I know you're lying. <laughs> Don't be all spiritual. Jesus, pastor. That's all I think about. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about Christmas? Biryani. See? Reality. Gifts. Trees. Decoration. And we have added all these elements to Christmas. That's great. It's a symbol of celebration. It's a, it's, a, it's a joyful moment. But the question is, what are we celebrating? Are we celebrating a Christmas tree? Or are we celebrating the present under the tree? Are we celebrating a presence that was on a tree 2,000 years ago? Because this morning, that's what I want to talk to you about. I don't want to talk to you about just about the presence that we put under a tree. But I want to talk to you about the presence that was on a tree called the cross. And because of the cross, we are here this morning. The birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus... All three are equally important for us to understand the nature of the servant king. You know, we celebrate Advent week. What does the word Advent mean? Advent means arrival. The Saudi Arabian king arrived at Indonesia. Everybody knew. The king of kings and the lord of lords arrived on this earth, but he came as a humble servant king. He took the lowly form. He took a human nature. He came for us, for our sins, yet he was sinless and blameless. The great arrival of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was one of the most expected arrival at the Jewish time. It was not a secret. In fact, there is prophecies about the messianic arrival, the arrival of the Messiah, all across, you know, uh, in, in the book of Isaiah. I just want to point out a few prophecies to you. Isaiah 53 verse 5, it says, But he was pierced for a rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. It talks about Jesus Christ going to, you know, as a Messiah who's going to die on the cross and who's going to bring salvation for all of us. So why did Jesus come to us as a servant king? Why are we celebrating a baby that was born in a manger, in a lowly state, but yet we are celebrating the birth of this little baby all across the world? Why is it so important? What, what history did this baby make? When we went to this Moses Basket um, you know, Christmas outreach, uh, we went into the ward and I mean, there were more than 150 to 200 mothers with babies. And, and the head of the department said, Pastor, sometimes we just, you know, we give birth to 300 babies in a day. 300, right, right here in GH in Trichy, like 300 babies in a day. In a week, you know, it'll cross over 1,200, sometimes even 2,000 babies. And they just keep coming, they just keep going. I'm like, what? You are running a baby production factory here. So many babies are always born every second. But what was so different about this baby? 
What was so different? When somebody is pregnant, they say, oh, oh, you are expecting? Yeah, we are expecting. And there, is, well, there was a baby 2,000 years ago who they were all expecting, but they did not expect him to come as a baby. They were all expecting a king. They were all expecting the one who will come and rescue them from Roman oppression. Rome had an iron fist over Jewish people. You know, they ruled over them. They tortured them. They persecuted them. They tried to have control over the entire region of Judea. So the people's expectation was that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would come. The Messiah who would come as a warrior. So they were expecting somebody like uh, Salman bin Abdulaziz al-Zawud who would come out of his golden elevator from the throne room of God and he would come with open heavens and the Romans would just fly away. That was the expectation. Nobody expected a baby and that made all the difference. Because he was not just any king, he was, everybody say it, the servant king. He was the servant king king you know Paul writes this beautifully in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 to 11 Paul is a Jewish was a Jewish follower of Christ and he writes this in Philippians 2 understanding the nature of Jesus and he writes this he says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had though he was God he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. But do, you, do we really understand that? Are you ready to give up your privilege? Anybody here? Let's start with, are you ready to give up your mobile phone? It's a, it's, it's a luxury. Well, your mobile phone, honey, that, that gives up on you. <laughs> your, your phone is like, I want to go. <laughs> I am being persecuted. <laughs> like, if, if the screen can survive for more than a week, that's a miracle. So that's more like the mobile wants to leave. There are so many privileges that we have, right? A lot of people like, you know, they, uh, it's really funny, like I have some, some international guests who would come and visit our home sometimes and and they walk in, they'll, they'll be very polite. They'll hi, hey, how are you? How's it going? And they'll be talking to us. And then 10 minutes or 15 minutes, uh, do you have a Wi-Fi in the house? I just want to quickly, you know, check some messages. Quickly check with some very important emails, right? Once I saw a friend, um, you know, connecting to Wi-Fi saying that, you know, he wants to quickly check his emails. And then I just, you know, <laughs> looked over his shoulder. I was like, I never knew emails came through WhatsApp these days, you know? That like we want to we wanna use our privilege. Like even the smallest of these things, we don't want to give up on our privileges. Do you want to give up on your house? The nice clothes you have? The friends you have? The relationships you have? Just these worldly things that we cling to, we don't want to give up. But then we had a servant king, the king of kings and the lord of lords who stepped down, who gave up his divine privileges. You got to understand when Jesus gave up his divine privileges he he really had privileges. His privileges was not like Wi-Fi and smartphone stuff. These are little things for him. 
Like, he doesn't need a Wi-Fi. Oh, my goodness. He doesn't need a Wi-Fi to know your emails. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't even need a computer, Paul, to understand the messages that we are sending on WhatsApp to, to people. He doesn't even need an internet to listen to your conversations in your house. In fact, he knows the conversations you're going to have 10 years later. Beat that. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble, watch what he says in verse 7. Let's have verse 7 on the screen. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Jesus coming out of his divine nature into a human nature, that in itself goes to show what a great servant king he was. When Paul says he took a nature of slave, you have no idea what slavery was like during Jesus' time. They wouldn't like to refer anybody to the word slave. But yet he writes here saying he took a position of a slave and was born as a human being and he appeared in human form. Verse 8, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died at, like a criminal, death on a cross. Therefore, now watch this. The Saudi Arabian king needs an elevator to go from top to down and he brought his own elevator. But watch what is happening to our servant king, the king of kings and the lord of lords. In verse 9 it says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor. And that was not a human elevation. It was a divine elevation. Now here is the promise that I want to give to all of you and this is what I believe God wants to give all of you as you start this Christmas season and I prophesy this over your life that as you follow Jesus, you shall also be elevated into the throne room of God. That's it. You shall also be elevated. You see, he is seated in the highest place. He wants his children to be there with him as well. That's why he's going through all this pain. That's why he went through all this trouble. That's why he died on the cross, rose again on the third day, so that we shall also be elevated with him. And that day is coming. And while, you know, the prayer is that, Lord, do it here on earth as it is in heaven. And my prayer for our church, for all of you, is that, that you will be seated in highest places when you honor God. When you live a God-honoring life, you will be seated in highest places here on earth as well, and God will bring that elevation in your life. So don't work too hard for your elevation. Work hard to honor Jesus. 
The problem is that all of us are trying too hard to work for our own elevation, work for our own promotion, work for our own name to be promoted. But if we can all step down like the servant king and just honor God in our everyday life, He'll take care of your elevation. Somebody shout Amen. It says, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor, verse 9, and gave him the name above all the other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the God. This is Jesus. This is why we are celebrating Christmas. He came for you, number one. He served you by dying on the heart, by dying on the cross. And when you honor him, he's, number three is he's ready to elevate your life as God elevated his life. The question I have for all of you this morning is, check your heart if you are following Jesus to serve him or to be served by him. Many problems arise or there's a lot of issues in the church or among Christians is that when we start praying prayers in such a way that God needs to just listen to the needs and provide for your needs and that's all you go to him about you know that that that's a little boring don't you think as a father if 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 my daughter Zion just came to me asking me this is what I want 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 and that's all she talks about. Do you think I'll be a very happy father? What I would want her to understand is that, hey, you'll get all that. But beyond that, you have me. Just spend time with me. You have daddy, let's just go out for a walk. All that is secondary. All that is extra. All that will just happen anyway. Because you're my daughter. But what I'm really longing for is that let's just be in the presence together. Let's be in the same environment. Let's be in the same room. Let's just look at each other and spend time together. Don't skip the presence of God to celebrate the one who was present on the cross. A lot of people are celebrating Christmas without Jesus. A lot of people have skipped being with Jesus, but yet they say, Happy Christmas! They buy cakes, they buy gifts, because it's a tradition. But Jesus is not here to start a tradition. Christmas is not out of a tradition. Christmas is a celebration of a relationship that I have with my very own Father who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who created everything and yet I can call Him Daddy. If you understand, say Amen. amen. You cannot walk over to that King blah 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 Azud whoever and tell him, Oh, hi Dad! His bounces will be ready with their, you know. 
king, did you, <laughs> is there anything going on that you didn't tell us? Should we pull the trigger or not? They would never, you know, even, even talk to, to you. They would not stand in the presence of anybody but their own people that they have brought with. But you have a king who created everything, the sun, the moon, the star, everything that you see, and he created everything. After creating everything, he also stepped down so that you and I can live out of, you know, sin and live in the freedom. And all he wants is just some time with him. All he's saying is, just be in my presence. That's the servant heart of Jesus. Isaiah 42, 6 to 7, it says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you and I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them and you will be a light of guide the nations. This is about Jesus again. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in the dark dungeons. This is why Jesus came. But he did not do this traditionally. He did not do this religiously. He did this through a relationship. This was a prophecy 700 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah 53, 10 to 12. It says, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hand. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. Our servant king was a righteous king. Because he came and gave his life on the cross for us, we are all now counted as righteous people along with him. Along with him. I remember, you know, um, when I used to play football, yes, I used to play football in college and in school. Um, really, honey, believe me. And, um, and, and sometimes the coach would, would take a gang of people after the football to eat some parotas, right? And, and it's all, usually the seniors that goes with him. So I was in class 10 and I was really looking up that he would count me in. And then sometimes randomly say, hey Sam, you can join too. And every time he counts me in, I feel so special. But that specialty came from a place of selfishness, if you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not just happy because I got counted in, I'm also happy because everybody else was left behind. You don't think that way, do you? That's our human nature. That's our human nature. You're happy partially because you got counted in. And you're also looking back. <laughs> you all are left behind. I am special. The coach called me for eating parotas. I was not supposed to be with them. But for some reason, I was in that group. I got counted in. You and I, we are not supposed to be called righteous. We were not the Jews that he came for. We were not the Israelites that he came for. But he did not come just for the Israelites. He said, Jews and Gentiles. 
And here's the funny thing. Here's the crazy part. It's not even funny. It's the crazy part. Yesterday we were having the online life group and one of our girls who attend the online life group, she lives in Israel. And the craziest thing she said is, it's so crazy that you're all celebrating Christmas all over the world and we can't celebrate it in Israel. The one that Jesus came for, everybody around him is now counted in oh, because of his righteousness, because of his suffering. You know, I was born in some corner of the world. You guys were born in Tengasi, somewhere born in different, different parts of the world. Who knew that a, a person 2,000 years ago died on the cross, rose again on the third day, and because we believe in him, we become family here. You don't understand the power of that. It's hard to be in your own family where you're actually born by blood. It's not, there's, there's a lot of things that's going on in families. It's not easy. But then we're all connected by a greater blood, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who has counted us all in. When the Jews wanted the Messiah, this is the reason that they rejected Messiah, because the Jews wanted the Messiah to be exclusive just for them. But when he said, hey, you people also can come for the parota. All the Indians, join in too. All the Germans, join in too. All the Americans, join in too. When he opened salvation for the entire world and said not just the Jews but also the rejected, the outcasted, the Gentiles. We were not even in the list but God counted us in. When we were included, they excluded themselves because they said this can't be Messiah. Because we believe that the Messiah would come only for the Jews, exclusively for us. And they wanted their Jewish privileges. And Jesus said, I come here as a servant king. I gave up on the divine privileges, not just for some you know, Sadducees and Pharisees, but for every single people who are sitting in King City Church this morning. And people who are watching online. That's why he came. That's why he's my servant king. That's why there can never be a king like my King Jesus. Nobody here on earth. This morning, if you are listening to my words, and if you have been planning to have a Christmas traditionally, God wants to break your heart and change your heart this morning. Don't skip the presence for present. Don't skip the greatest gift of love for some worldly gifts that you can get on Christmas. It's not about that. God is inviting you to come into a true, true relationship with Jesus. Don't follow Jesus simply because you were born in a Christian home. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Are you following Him because you have accepted Him? Because you have said, Jesus, welcome into my heart I accept you as my Lord and my King. And if you can do that this morning, your Christmas will be a different Christmas. For those who have already accepted Jesus, let us 
leave the days behind where we have done a lot of things without being in the presence of God? Can we make time to be in the presence of God? Can we make time to get to know Him, get to meet Him, spend time more in His Word? Let us not skip the presence of Jesus in our life.